0: Hello oh, and welcome to the Game is about glory. I'm your host Milo, and joining to be tonight are Ricky and Gareth. Hi, gents. Hi, Milo. Evening, Milo. Steph's on his holes. We've got no Angeball to discuss. So, what are we going to fill the next hour with? I hear you ask. Well, uh, <laughs> go on, go on, Ricky. Tell was, us. Uh,
1: no, I'm not sure. I think. Um, uh, I think <laughs> who's who, who's going to fill in as um, Steph's sparring partner tonight for Milo. Because um, most 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 weeks they're 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 hammered songs at each other one way or another. <laughs>
0: but, uh, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Well done for hosting any. well done for stepping in anyway and hosting Milo. Yeah. So know. no
0: one catch my eye, otherwise it might be you. Um, <laughs> so we're going to have a look back at the transfer window and have a chat about how we're done. We're also going to have a look at our squad and uh, just kind of assess how things look for the challenges ahead and up until January, where we can get further reinforcements. But before we get to that, we've got a bumper week of news to cover in the week that was. And first up, (laughs) Luka Voskovic. News broke on Sunday afternoon that we're on the verge of signing Croatian centre-back Luka Voskovic from Hadjuk Split. Voskovic is 16 years old and has already played 11 times for Split's first team. He's one of the most highly rated players in his age group in the world and has been quite publicly pursued by pretty much all of the biggest clubs around, so it's a real coup for us to get him. The standard are saying that he was going to stay at Hedgerick's split until he turns eighteen in the summer of uh twenty twenty five although I, I do wonder whether actually you know might be going back there next for this coming season and then whether we look to loan him to another European club yeah you know maybe maybe next you know for next season you know somewhere a bit more similar to the Premier League uh to as a part of that kind of transition so Ricky, I know you're off to Croatia in a few weeks' time. Do you yep. can you can smuggle him, smuggle him back and drop him off at Hotspur way? Um, well, it depends what
1: EasyJet's charges are, really, but um, <laughs> I doubt it. But, yeah, I'm off to split as well, and there's plenty of people I'm when I'm going there that are mag- massive Hadjik fans, so I might be able to get a little inside track on him. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I'll get him through customs, maybe. I, might I was going to say, he's a,
0: he's a bit of a unit, so your yeah. uh, your bag could be well overweight if you managed to get yeah, him in there. it will be.
1: <laughs> Look a bit suspicious, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> Yeah. i mean it's pretty exciting isn't it to be linked with or you know, close evidently close to signing a player of you know kind of this kind of reputation because he really is you know really really highly rated he really is one yeah. of these kind of you know i hate well, from, to use the term but wonder kid
1: yeah well from the things i looked at um i mean because obviously he's not been on my radar at all but he's definitely been on big clubs radars in the last few months man city PSg all of them sound like they've um, been mm. in for him and and even those some scouting reports of him just tick so many boxes that I think one of the especially one of the things considering he's so young was the kind of in-game intelligence I think which mm. for a centre half is just one thing that can take you to a really high level but yeah Are you excited about this one Gareth?
2: Well for a 16 year old to have played well, already a dozen games in senior football tells you something I'd be lying to you if I said I'd ever heard of him until I read his name in the notes and the and the um, <laughs> whatsapp that you sent around earlier Milo but I mean, yeah to, to have that many games it's it's really exciting um, what, do you, what do you feel about Croatian players in Spurs. It feels like it's a it's a it's a it's a country that we we feel quite synonymous with as a club. Yeah. I would say
1: Croatia and Argentina. Argentina. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Probably the two, aren't they?
1: Yeah, it's funny how that comes about. But you're right. There's a real vein of many Croatians throughout our team now, I mean, I suppose since Luka days and Cranchar and Charlie and that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's not a bad thing because for a small population, they seem to be able to churn out a decent player. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I don't know.
1: Right then, moving on? Yes, go for that. Let's do uh, player, manager, and save of the month. We've got awards already. It's only August. Um, I can see that Gareth is holding his lucky rabbit's foot, which can only mean the player, save, and manager of the month shortlist have been announced. The good news is is we have three nominees with Madders up for player of the month. Why not? Uh, The Vicar, one-handed save over the bar. I'm not going to say tip over the bar because he's... you know. Uh, against Man United for the best save. He's up for that. And the big man himself, Big Ange, up for manager of the month. Um, Voting is open until midday on Monday, the 11th September. That's tomorrow midday. Uh, So when this comes out, you've probably got six, seven hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a few hours to get on it. Uh, So don't sleep on this and get voting now. Um, I assume you agree that these are richly deserved despite being based on just three games of football, I take it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you think, yeah, guys? it's just yeah. August, isn't it? It's not yeah, even yeah.
2: when Burnley isn't included in that because that was in the calendar month of, of September. But I, I was a bit downhearted when I saw that all of these are things that the, the general public go and vote on. And as we know, Arsenal and Liverpool fans in particular love going on polls and, and winning them themselves. But definitely do go and vote for them. I tried to, but there's some, my email was invalid with the Premier League website. So that's something I need to go and explore um, oh, later. Nice. Our <laughs> last manager who won manager of the month, who do you think it was? Last Spurs manager to win manager of the month.
1: I reckon it's Nuno. It was
2: that- it Nuno. It was Nuno in August 2021 after he won his first three games of the season. Yeah. So. He's uh,
1: a better record than Ange, really. So, you know. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, none of this 10 points out of 12 nonsense. Um, uh, And then, the save of the month is it's only in its second season, so no Spurs player. By that way I guess we mean Hugo or Foolston have <laughs> ever been nominated. <laughs> yeah. They they haven't won it before. And um yeah, Baderson with you know with player of the month, and again that's before his performance at Burnley last week. It's, um... <laughs>
1: He's, he's forced to not in save of the month for the penalties at Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> he,
2: hasn't got, he hasn't reached the ground yet,
0: has he? <laughs> I should say, so Hugo's going through a bit of a tough time at the moment. So there's no need to stick the knife in on him, Gareth, with uh, point, pointing out that he didn't really make any great saves last season.
1: Mm. <laughs> um, but loads of our players could have been up for this, I think. I think Romero, Van der Ven, quite a lot. I presume. Um, oh, Mr. Perfect, Pep will win the manager, won't he? Because they've not lost a game, I, basically. So. No. I, I Although, don't know. It's a vote. It's
2: a vote. Oh, yeah. It's a vote, oh, it's a vote. Yeah. I suppose.
1: So, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. I mean, I think deserving-wise, I mean, a new manager to have to start Anjas or even the way Moyes has kept the West Ham thing going because I thought... Yeah. They mm. would probably come down off that glory, and I, th- I, th- I was kind of thinking Moyes had run his kind of time there anyway. Yeah, so, you know, fair play to West Ham, but yeah, we'll vote. That's a phrase, phrase we
2: hadn't planned for, was it, Milo? fair <laughs> play to West Ham in this pod. <laughs> oh, sorry. edit that out. It's not in the notes, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Move on to our next point. So, this is about Scott Munn. So, despite attending most of our games this season in an unknown or intentionally vague capacity, Ali Gold has reported that Scott Munn will officially start his tenure as our Chief Football Officer later this month, with the word on the rumour mill of a new Director of Football also due to be announced after the international break. So, I don't know, you You guys both follow and trawl around social media far more than I do. I'm guessing if a Director of Football is named within 30 days of the transfer window closing, there's going to be some very, very clever people with lots of very clever comments on social media about that, but... Um, well, and what do, you th- what do you think? How crucial is having a director of football now, or is it more important that we get someone in place who can start building towards the next one?
1: Um, well, I, well, I presume. This, we, I presume we're in the situation we are because there must be legalities at play, as though with man and contract things and whatever was going on with Man City. And we know Paratici's story, but um, but I mean, when it happens, it happens. I mean. it, it I mean, it looks like we've kind of, to use a better word, looks like we've muddled through okay, really, and we've Mm. muddled through pretty well. So, um, I mean, there's a caveat to that, is, you know, full evidence of if we've done well, is, you know, still still yet to come. I mean, you know, we we sign these players and it all looks good, but whether it will continue that way, I don't know. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think (laughs) at the moment... Last summer's business is looking a lot better than it did for most of last year as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. We kind of muddled through the summer with you know, Gabonini stepped up and yeah. has looked, looked to have done a great job. We know that Paratici is still involved in a um, kind of some vague, vague capacity, but, um, you know, it's still involved. You know, we know that he's been attending games and stuff like that. So it's not even as if they're trying to hide it. Um, and I think with these, it's, it's most important that you get the right appointment rather than the quick, quick appointment. You know, ideally, these, these, People would have come in, you know, last winter after Paratici was was charged in Italy, but um, it, it, you know, it hasn't. We've yeah, you know, we seem to got through the summer okay, and yeah. I'd, at least this way it gives them a chance to plan for January and next summer which is yeah. you know I think it's probably better yep. what do you think Gareth?
2: I, I, th- I think mm. that with directors of football people want to judge them and this is in a general sense I think they want to judge directors of football instantly I think as we are seeing precisely at this point we signed what six players in summer 2022 and kind of up until most of last season you'd have said that all of them were unmitigated um, failures for one reason or another but we're now starting to see big sum um Udogi's come back into the team yeah. so i th- I think you've got to you you can't judge a transfer window and by proxy a you know a director of football and how much impact they have for a good probably fifteen to eighteen months.
0: Yeah. Thanks for that. We're just oh, doing a pod judging our transfer window from the last two, three months. So should we should we pause it and come back to it another time in the year's time? I thought we were judging last summer's transfer window. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we'll, well, we'll be talking about the squad generally, so um, there'll be plenty of those plenty of those players appearing, obviously.
0: And yeah. um, we've had a few departures. Let's say some surprise departures this week. So Davinson Sanchez joined Galatasaray for eight point one million. So Davo spent six years at the club, going on to make 207 appearances for us in all competitions. Sanchez has been the victim of some boo boys and girls in recent seasons, often unfairly being singled out for criticism. People also seem to forget how good he was when he first joined the club, playing in a back three with Aldo and for Tongan. We wish Davinson well at Galatasaray and in the rest of his career, and thank him for everything he's done us. Sp- also joining Galatasaray was Tongi Ndombele. Tongi... Uh, joined us, was uh, joined them on loan for the rest of the season with an option to buy for 12.8 million. This is Tongo's third successive loan, having spent last season at Napoli in the, in the second half of the 21 22 season at Lyon. We heard that Tang- Tongi has a successful loan and can hopefully secure a permanent move away next summer. And finally, one that really kind of breaks my heart. Uh, Maxim oh, so Pascotzi. I know, yeah. the The, dream, the dreams died. Um, so it's <laughs> surprising news that Estonian international under twenty one utility defender Maxim Pascotzi has joined Grasshopper Club Zurich for an undisclosed fee despite being a full estonian international with 16 caps maxim never made a first team appearance for spurs he was injured for much of last season and when he came back he was playing for under uh, left back or left wing back for the uh, for the under 31s again we wish maxim well in uh, switzerland and uh, for the rest of his career
1: milo um i'm surprised <laughs> with you here milo <laughs> cuz with you being like the chairman of the paskotsky um <laughs> fan club um I'm surprised that the, the glorious moment of his debut wasn't etched on your mind.
0: Was that in the? It wasn't the Premier League, was it? No, we talked about.
1: I'm over to Gareth now. You must know this one, Gareth. You're you're the encyclopedia. No, no, no. When we played Patos, and he came on for Cameron Carter-Vickers that- in the oh. away game. Is that com- was that conference or friendly? No, we played them in that um, European... Didn't we have a qualifying game against Passos? Uh-huh. Home and oh, away. Oh, Passos
2: de Ferreira, yeah, yeah, when we
1: lost to the chocolate Portugal. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, memorable performance it was out in Portugal, yeah. don't you remember? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He came yeah. on as a substitute. I think, uh, well, I never He's thought. your hero. Mike. I, thought you have, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd have had pictures on the wall behind you at
2: that moment. Yeah. No. I mean, that was, that was the qualifier, wasn't it, which required... A subscription to some sports channel. Yeah, uh, I paid that. I don't know, it was just a, too far I, for me, I, so i denying it, all knowledge of that game ever taken it, place. it
0: took me about twice as long as both legs of that to try and get myself out of the subscription afterwards. It was an absolute bloody nightmare. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs>
2: um,
0: so, yeah, I, I, I spent more time unsubscribing from whatever that channel was the called. Premier than, Sports? Yeah, than, than Pascosti played first two minutes for us. Um I mean I think I think with this one with say with Phillips Dorrington Sayers, and um and new boy we're quite yeah. well stocked at center back and um Archie Chaplin's uh who's the under 18s captain um has been playing you know, and the center back is playing well as well so I, I I'm wondering you know we obviously we're going to go on and talk about the squad um and our shortage of uh, first team experienced center backs or or trusted first team experienced center backs and I do you know maybe yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think may maybe suits what Ange wants in a centre back isn't really suited to that first team. And yeah, we've had that big clear out from the under 21s since last season yeah. and the under 18s promoted. Maybe it's just the right time for him to go. And that, you know, at, at, most of his minutes have come at, at full back. And again, he's not really a, an inverted full back. Um, yeah. you know, he was a centre back playing at full back and learning his trade. So, um, yeah. Plus one I was reading he, today, has he had some health issues and stuff as well, or something, isn't
1: he? and that's why those. he's not been he's not been playing too much the last season or so, right so not, I don't know. I mean that's all speculation, but I mean usually people with the knowledge of the youth are quite accurate with what they what mm. they say but um yeah, yeah, he
0: certainly missed certainly missed a lot of last season, yeah, but um grasshoppers are in um in the Europa conference, so. Oh, okay, he will be playing European football if he's if he's if he's in the first team. I mean, good luck to him because
1: as you say, he made that many appearances for his national team, so he must be a player there. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And let's all wait with bated breath for him to win the Swiss League Cup and be added to that list of players. <laughs>
0: sure say <laughs> Spurs as well. yeah. I think all it's right. a more competitive league than the Bundesliga, isn't it? So it's not to be sniffed at. <laughs>
1: May
0: well. Uh, <it>? Right, transfer window. So now we're going to go to the main business of this week's pod and look at our summer transfer business and where this leaves, leaves the squad until January. Before we get on to what the club actually did, uh, we played a Fabio Paratici at the end of last season and did a squad review where Ricky, Steph and I worked out what we would do if we were in charge of the summer's business. So I went back and had a listen to the pod this week and I kept notes at the time as well as who, who we were saying was in out and uh, and off on loan. So how do you think we did, guys? Um, I think we did all right because I was part of it <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it was 10 out of 10 I think no no it wasn't it
1: wasn't but it was quite so, accurate
2: yeah well I wasn't part of that so I, I, I listened to it and I thought at the time you know that's an ambitious list just in terms of the length of it of players to try and get out of the club in in any one window I mean it, obviously we desperately needed to do it yeah but um, but yeah, I mean, looking looking down the list or listening back to, to to what you talked about, I think all of the players that are on that list have, if they've not left the club, we know that the club probably wanted them to go in one shape yeah. or another.
0: So the ones we said we wanted to sell was Larice, um, Austin, or Whiteman. Well, Whiteman picked up an injury that's keeping him out for the whole of this season, so that kind of put paid to that. Dyer, Sanchez, Rodon, Jaffet, Perisic, Cessignon. Injured again. Reggion, Hoybier, Winks, Lascelle, Celso and Ndombele. Uh We said that we'd be open to selling Kane for the right money, and the right money was 100 million plus, and it was to an overseas club. Um, and then we wanted development loans for Divine and, and Spence. And yeah, I don't think we were too far off with that. I think um, pretty much all of those players, I suppose La Celso and Perisic are the two ones that you know. In the end, we didn't didn't look to move on um, because they impressed yeah. impressed Ange. But pretty much everyone else, we tried to sell or have sold or loaned out um and then, say, so if we have a look at actual business, so starting with departure, so Harry Kane, I so say these figures come from transfer markets. So some of these figures are slightly different to what were reported in the press, but that's what we use for the review at the end of the last season. So we'll stick with them for, for consistency. So Harry Kane, 100 million euros. Um, Harry Winks, 11.6 million euros. Davidson Sanchez, 9.5 million euros. Jed Spence out on loan. Uh, and and Belle loan with an option. Sergio Reggio on loan. Joe Rodon loan. Jaffet Tanganga loan, Harvey White, undisclosed fee, Alfie Devine development loan, Dane Scarlett development loan, Troy Parrott development loan, and then Lucas Moore end of contract, and uh, Dan Juma and Clement Longley end of loans. Um, So, yeah, lots and lots and lots of departures. And then the arrivals, so the first two players on loan who we made permanent, Pedro Porro for €40 million and uh, Decky for €30 million. And then after that, Mickey Van Der Ven. Forty million. james madison 40 uh, 46.3 million brennan johnson 55 million vicario 20 million man solomon on a free Ashley phillips 2.3 million and uh, valise for 15 million euros so overall our uh, gross spend was 24 point, uh 20, 20 so 248.6 mm-hmm. million euros and the net spend was 126.4 million um yeah, well, let's kind of let's move on to kind of positions by positions. So we start off with our keepers. We've got Vicario, Forster, Larice, Whiteman, and Austin. I think the word is that Larice isn't going to be given a squad number. Whiteman's out injured for the season, so it leaves us Vicario, Forster, and Austin. We look quite well stocked there, don't we? But how do you feel about our kind of goalkeeping strength?
1: Uh, I think I think the word's overstocked. Really, I mean, we've got mm. five keepers there. I mean, as you say, one of them's injured long term, so we can't do anything about that. And Larice is still hanging around, uh, and he has his reasons, I think. I mean, some people seem to be quite critical of him, but I'm not really making any judgment one way or the other with that. I think the niece business, he seemed to explain that. And I don't know, I think he's been sincere there, isn't he, with the with the I've, last minute niece thing?
0: I've, or? I've, I've read a few or read a good piece yesterday where. Evidently, he was a bit insulted that they left it so late in the window. He did want yeah. to go there, but they left it until the final hours. And mm. when it was pretty clear that he'd been, you know, he'd been available for some time, yeah. so I think, I think, part partly, they've just put his nose out of joint.
1: Yeah, and also, I think he's slightly confused in his own head about. I think he wants to be number one again, something, mm. doesn't he? And it doesn't really seem that many of those opportunities are happening. So he might be slightly, I don't know, he might be toying with the idea of thinking, well, if 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 it's not going to be something like that, then. I might even hang my gloves up. I mean, I know keepers can usually keep rolling. How old is Loris? Is he 35, 36 or something? He's 36. Yeah. So he still probably thinks he can do I mean, I think his ideal dream was to go back to Nice. But hasn't Nice got some kind of ownership problems or something? And it's not maybe the healthiest of club to join at this moment in time. Because I, 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 yeah. I know some other players. Because have they got someone that they signed lots of English players, I think, didn't they? That's and then right. Some of them have now left. Michael's been—he
0: was released. He was released, he's count- he was released yeah, on transfer so, transfer yeah. deadline day. Yeah, I mean, I wonder whether he ends up going to MLS. Yeah, that be.
1: Yeah, it's a good shout.
0: Yeah, see season opens yeah. <laughs> up in the winter. You- so.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just thinking about the human side of it. His wife and he's got what two or three children that are probably settled in school now. Hmm. You know, with him having been over here for eleven years, hmm. and um, that yeah. possibly have an impact as well.
0: I think his eldest is thirteen, so all oh, of his okay. kids, all of his kids, will only really know living in in London, won't they?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So maybe. If they went to America, the transfer to that's not too bad, is it? I mean, language-wise and everything. So, and, you know, if if MLS was an option, I mean, it may be a case of, it looks like we're willing to forego a fee. So maybe as well, um, we are not looking, we were hoping that someone could give him a reasonable wage so then it saves us that last year's wages because if he doesn't go somewhere, we might have to then say, well, we're going to pay you up kind of thing. And we're maybe just trying to avoid to do that. Why wouldn't
0: we, I suppose? And I think that was the other issue with the Niece deal. Evidently, Niece wanted us to pay up his final year and then sign him on a free. So we kind of take a double hit on it for them to pick him up for nothing. So um I, yeah I think you're right, I think we were probably willing to forego his um his fee, but wanted someone else to pick up his wages,
1: yeah, basically you just join a new club and they start from there with whatever yeah. contract and wages they give you I mean I can see that that's the logical part of it, and i think people I think what people are slightly annoyed about is it seems that well clubs keep coming in for him and he keeps turning them down but I don't know. But it might be, you know, he still has to be happy with where he moves to and the and the deal he gets. And the, I mean, like he says, I think it's the sporting project and how he fits into it is more important than money. So, um, yeah.
2: I think we're we're all working on the assumption that there's no way he'll be reintegrated back into the no, squad. No, no. The, the the Saudi transfer window closed. This that closed week. last week. Yeah, so that's yeah, the, last they're week. all closed we're now. Come now. Back from and, duty.
0: and And even if we release him now, he can't register until January with the European club. Oh, really? So yeah, but the squad, the squad list or revised squad list, is submitted on Wednesday, um, and yeah, the word is he's not going to be included. I think I think Anne just spoken about that in press conferences as well and yeah. said he doesn't want three senior keepers. Yeah. So, are we happy with Forster and Austin as backups till January? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. I think.
1: For, uh, I think Force has done alright when he came he's come in and he was alright in the Fulham game by the penalties.
0: So. Oh, apart from the penalties. Yeah, I mean the plus side is the plus side yeah. is that he'll only be involved in one more penalty shootout this season if he was involved in one because we'd lose it. Yeah, it was, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's, yeah. Let's just not hope it's in, in the FA Cup final. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean we've we've um,
2: me. we've never seen Brandon Austin play in a competitive game, have we? So no. Very difficult to to work out whether he's a good third-choice goalkeeper or not. (laughs) I mean, I guess you'd you'd hope that any third-choice goalkeeper, you're not going to see much action because it would be quite a set of circumstances. You you know you're allowed to make
0: emergency goalkeeping signings outside of the window when... There's injuries and stuff. Would we be allowed to register Lloris as a as a keeper in those instances if he was still with us? If that happened,
2: yeah. Well, now that Ben Foster's retired, he'd it, be the next cab off the rank, wouldn't
1: he? <laughs> i see what you mean. Yes, yeah. yeah. Whether that's allowable within the rules, it's hard to say. Because I see there that Forster's still he's. He's out of contract next summer as well. He so is, yeah. Reserve, the reserve team, and the reserve goalie planning will be probably underway, I presume. And, mm. and so is Austin yeah.
0: as well. Yeah. yeah. So he might, might clear all win them four. Yeah. a weird
2: position in terms of succession planning and the, you know the eight, well, I suppose we think of Austin and Whiteman as academy players still but they're 24 years old they're mm, yeah. you know older than Porro yeah. um Kulisewski so they're yeah. both older you know older players I mean I, I, I guess Vicario the, the caveat I'd have to give with him being nominated for the save of the month he's, he's looked very good so far he's ultimately he's a young goalkeeper playing in a new league and I think everyone just needs to accept the fact that he is going to make some mistakes this year, all the best goalkeepers make mistakes. This year, the best ones just make fewer of them. I think we just need to trust him and ride the storm a little bit, yeah. Not try and get too reactionary if he has a couple of boo boos in successive games. It is, it's definitely going to happen at some point, yeah. And it's,
1: it's always tough for keepers because sometimes their mistakes lead to you know the ultimate price, which is a goal.
0: But, um, yeah, yeah,
1: but I think the the signs are good with Vicario, That's yeah.
0: Good. He looks confident and his yeah. defenders trust him, don't they? So, Speaking of which, should we move on to centre-back? So we've got uh, Romero, Van de Ven, Ashley Phillips and Eric Dyer. Um, And then I've say i included Phillips here, but I mean, you know, Dorrington could probably be included as well in in that list if we're, if we're including uh, academy players. Um, This is probably the position where we've got kind of the weakest or the least depth, isn't it? I mean, definitely. how do you feel about that as a, a four and, and, Should Dyer even be on that list? I mean, I guess we'll find out this week, won't we?
2: Yeah. In Eric Dyer's case, I can see that he could be reintegrated back into the squad. I think he's a different, I think he's that sort of character. I mean, do you remember when AVB came in, he just totally alienated Michael Dawson, just didn't want to have anything to do with him, didn't want to put him in matchday squads. And eventually, I think through necessity, Dawson came back in. And I see a lot of similarities in the characters. Of, 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 sort of Dawson and Dyer, True, yeah. so I, you know, I think unless he, he's not going to get a move away now. As we said, all the, you know, all the windows have, have shut. Um, I think Dyer will eventually will come back in. I mean, what we didn't say, you didn't include it on the um, on, on the week that was, but. The reports of Romero's injury out in Argentina, I think it feels particularly prominent to to sort of bring that up at this point. Because, as you said, those centre-half positions are it, it, it's so threadbare. You're reliant on van der Ven as a 22-year-old coming into a brand-new league as well. We're so reliant on Romero in particular staying fit.
1: Yeah, there does seem... It does seem a lot of risk there, doesn't there? Just the situations and like how it might, how the cards might fall, and it's definitely um, we we are we are rolling the dice in that position. Uh, one saviour of it might be the um, one game a week scenario, because hopefully, yeah. logically, that might cut down on just overuse injuries with muscles and things like that
0: and we're talking about what 14 games something like that isn't it
1: yeah see that's right till January yeah. so we're rolling the dice to then not like obviously to the end of the season yeah.
0: well the, um... I, the, if you if you, the alternative
2: was that we hang on hold on to Davidson and Sanchez and I think Think I've got a lot of time for for Sanchez, but I think we all knew he's never quite been at the level that we've needed. We've had, as with other clubs in the Premier League, a real problem trying to sell players because there's, mm. there's sod all money anywhere in Europe outside of the Premier League at the moment. And I think we just had to make the decision here that if we don't sell him, he could well end up being on the bench for the next 14 games because Romero mm. and Van Ven play and play well in every game. Um, and this was an opportunity to get some money in for a player. We, we can't turn our nose up at, at any sums of money. And once Galatasaray offered a, I think- an agreeable amount, probably on balance... It was, um, it was not without risk, but it was probably the right decision to make in the long term. I, I feel in general that this window has been one about trying to fix previous windows yeah. and just yeah. slightly trying to clear the decks for future ones as well. And probably that was a, that was a risk worth taking.
1: I think I yeah. think in regards to progress at centre half. I think like you say with Davison. I think Davison at his best um, would be good enough for us. But I think anything less than that, and he's not good enough for us. And one of the things he doesn't have is consistency. Really, he's, his performances are up and down. So, um, so, and we know that. And I don't think that's going to get any better. So, if let's say there is some game time for Phillips. He might make mistakes, but then Davison would make mistakes as well. But maybe with Phillips, there's more upside. So you just keep, you know, that's, you can take steps forwards. when I don't think you would do that if we just held on to Davison and he, he was playing games for us. And I
0: think that's Angie's approach, isn't it? Yeah. I think he, he's more willing to give Phillips or Dorrington a chance and, and learn from that rather yeah. than, you know, I mean, I... I I'd be very surprised if if Dyer kicks a ball for us again. But partly because I just can't see him playing in this high line. I think it would be absolutely suicidal and and teams would target him. And I think as soon as you're conscious of that or worried about being beaten for pace or done on the turn, then the system falls apart because you're going to be second-guessing it. And I don't think you can play that brave football if you're worried about Someone turning you, Hmm. um, you know, particularly if, if, if Van de Ven was out, I mean, maybe he could cover. you know, his pace could maybe cover for Hmm. dire a bit. But again, you compromise there because you're second guessing. So I suspect that most of the time Andy's only picked one center back and I I think if if Davis is on the bench you've got cover there anyway so I wouldn't be surprised if um if against Sheffield United it was it was Phillips um uh, Royal and um and Davis has had a defend, defenders on the bench and, and Dyer wasn't in the squad again that would be my guess and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be surprised if he picked Dorrington ahead of ahead of Dyer which is pretty sad but um I think you know all the signs are that Dyer's Willing to sit it out till next summer and then go, you know, go on a free to a foreign club, which is which and, is a shame. But um, that seems to be I where think, he is.
1: And I think they're the signs from Angie himself, isn't it? I think he's just he's he's. Drawing the line, and some people are below that line, and to, we'd, it's almost like we need a massive injury crisis to ever him want to row but, back on that because I don't think he wants to do that. I think it's almost steps
0: forwards all the time, for Angie. He doesn't want to like regress at all. But. And I think I think the other thing with Dyer is you know he was part of that leadership group in yeah, the old yeah, in the old exactly. team, and you know Larice has been cut out, Dyer's been cut out, you know Kane's Kane, been sold. Yeah. Uh, the only one still around is Hoybier and Hoybier appears to have accepted his yeah being a squad player and that kind of diminished role within the team and yeah I'm not sure whether I don't know obviously we don't know the Mm -hmm. internet because we we haven't heard from him but um yeah
1: but I mean mean, there is risk there because Phillips has just played the eight games for Blackburn it's not like he's played 50 games for them or something you know what I mean so it's it's definitely risky but you know it's, it's why I mean as you say we've got 15 games so it's I keep forgetting that. It's not like we've got a glut of games either like week in week out, so hopefully we can um we can roll along to January.
0: Right, so moving from one of our weakest positions to probably one of our strongest. So we look at our fullbacks here. So we've got Destiny Doggy, Ben Davis, Pedro Porro, Emerson Royal and Ryan Sesenyon. Are we happy with our depth in this position?
1: Um well I think at the moment we would be. Like age-wise they're pretty good and we've got a bit of experience in there with Davis. Um I suppose Sess is the one that's going to probably miss out in the long run because of his um, injuries, and we'll probably look to get rid of him, but it might be hard to get rid of him because he's not going to have much of a chance to be put in the shot window, really. Um, And he does have that, you know, all that injury record that he's got to we've got to explain away really to a buyer. You know what I mean? I suppose he has, you know, we all have medicals. Yeah. So, um,
0: he, he, was, he was being linked to Forest, wasn't he, before he got injured? Um, Who isn't? Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, <well>, quite. Um, <laughs> Who isn't? Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, he's, home, he's homegrown, isn't he? Yeah. He's, um, he's still young. He's only 23. You know, maybe alone with a with an option is, or, you know, is the way to go with that. And yeah, I, I find it hard to see him playing as an inverted fullback. I can't see him being a kind of, you know, proxy midfielder. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if he, if he fits into an Ange squad, it's probably as a forward. But again, we're kind of well stocked in his position, aren't we?
1: Yeah, and I just think uh, I think, as I say, I don't think, I don't think he'll 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 tick some of the boxes that Ange looks at. I think anyone that maybe physically breaks down, and also I've never been. I'm, I- A bit like him, I've never been confident in his own ability kind of thing. You know what I mean? It always seems like he's got something that just doesn't quite click for him. And it might be the injuries. He's just worried about injuries. And that does happen to players, you know, breaking down, especially when it's muscle injuries. Um, But outside of him, I mean, uh, I think Davis Davis has another two years. So I think maybe next summer there's a chance he might go. But it just depends. Uh, He might be an old head. He's obviously completely... Uh loyal member of the squad, completely undisruptive. Um chaperone's um son on train journeys, so you
0: know, he's kinda like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Yeah, cap, so, cap captained us against Fulham, didn't he? So Yeah. Um, you know, Andrew obviously obviously likes him.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I find the fullback stable difficult to assess because what at the fullbacks are being asked to do now is so different from anything we've been used to fallbacks doing in the past and indeed what any any of these fallbacks are actually brought in to do do so you think Porro and Udogi were signed really to play in a back three and a wing back system Davis has been around for for a while Emerson Royale was brought to play in a fairly conventional back four and Sessignon was bought to play well I don't think anyone knew what his best position was at the mm. time he was either a very attacking left back or he was um or he was a he was one of the three forwards so we can only go on the small sample size we've seen of four or five games this year where they have been playing as inverted fullbacks but and and therefore I, I i suspect that in the same way i think vicario at some point may have a difficult moment i think udogi's 20 years old playing in a new league he's looked like an absolute world beater so far but the chances are at some point this season it'll plateau although i do clearly think he's got a very high, high ceiling. Um again, Porro and Royale on the right hand side, probably being asked to do things that they may not be naturally suited to to doing. So there may be points in the seasons where they get found out or they play against clever opponents or they get they get nullified um so it's a difficult it wouldn't surprise me if within two or three transfer windows perhaps only one of those four four or five are still with us and they've mm. been replaced by other players more suited to that system
1: yeah I think the thing to look at is um I think as in the short term and probably up to the end of the season we well, I mean as you say that's kind of quite a strong four we've got there if you don't include Sessignon uh but I suppose you could argue that none of them were bought for Ange really. They're not necessarily his players. But I think going back to what I was saying about his kind of core criteria for a player, I think mentally, um, the things he looks for is he wants he basically wants a player to be a bit of a sponge, doesn't he? he? Just wants to absorb like his instructions and his methods. And I think he wants them to be a team player and have that team mentality. And the other thing, I mean, I suppose all managers want this in an ideal world uh, is just football intelligence. So how how, how can you flex that player to get him to play those roles? And some players are just so much better at adjusting than other players. I mean, um, that's why probably Pep thought Cancelo could do it. You know what I mean? Because it's just some players are just smart, really, and they can understand what you're saying and they can carry out those instructions. And especially like Andrew always says, there's, there's, the, the structures there's quite a lot of structure there. Yeah. So as long as you're intelligent enough to get that structure, you might then be that might be eighty percent of what you okay. do. It's players that are a bit dozy or don't or go against the grain or forget what they're meant to be doing that are the ones. So although they're not all any of them are signed by him, he might. You
0: know, it just depends how much he sees in them players, really. Yeah, but, um, I mean, I'd, I'd, yeah, cool. I'd, I'd say a doggie looks like a number eight, looks like he's been playing number eight all his life. And uh, the interplay between him and Madison is very, very good. You know, when yeah. Madison's dropping back and becomes almost a six and the doggie's, you know, pushing on forwards into that gap, is fantastic. So I, I don't have too many worries with that. I think, you know, maybe, you know, as you said, you maybe look to move Ben Davis and Emerson Royal on next summer and bring in um, players who are, you know, kind of more, you know, that a be better on the ball or you know more switch to the yeah. system but I, I i i don't know i mean i wouldn't want to second guess what's going to happen next summer and kind of you know i think for for now until january i think we're we're fine there i'm pretty happy yeah. with what we've got definitely Should we look at midfield so we've got oliver skip rodrigo benton kerr yves persuma pat metasar james madison giovanni Lacelso and pierre emile Hoybier. how does this look
2: I think this is a really strong. I think it's a really strong midfield to fill three positions. Um, I think there's good depth in there. I think there's good options there. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this with a slight caveat that Ben Tanker will be back in the team hopefully by the end of the calendar year, or certainly before the mm-hmm. next transfer window as well. It may take him a while just to get back up to to speed of things, but yeah, I, th- I think you've got a bit of everything in there.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
1: Yeah, I think the age profile of the midfield is great. I mean, if you look at their ages and that, there's there's certainly some seasons left in them. Um, We've got to, you know, it's a big fingers crossed. bentacle comes back the same player because it is a kind of major injury. I just think that, um, but I also think he'll be perfect for Ange. Really, I think, um, because of his composure to hold the ball and then not panic on it uh, to move the ball on, and also when he used to play his constant motion bent and core, he'd quite often do those um closing down runs and that. I think I think uh, Ange probably can't wait for him to come back and see what he can offer us in that, but um. I don't know. I would I would have really wanted for Hoiberg to have gone in the last window, release. Really. Mm. So I think, you know, if your contract's in 2025, this is two years out. That's the sweet spot to get rid of him, really. And because um, uh, he's, he's obviously he's 28 as well. So next year, he's 29. So then that starts sort of muddying the picture about how much he's worth. But um, And it's slightly annoying the African Cup of Nations isn't, let's say, November and December because he could cover for that. But of course, mm. he's got a cover for that. If he stays after the January window closes, so, um. Yeah. You know, so we can't then necessarily get rid of him in January. No, well, I'm um...
2: pleased he's he's still about. I like Heiberg. I think I think he's yeah. massively underappreciated and has been. I, unfortunately for him, he's so synonymous with the sort of post Pochettino Spurs that he's played in in stodgy midfield. Um, and I think he's actually shown that he's got a real range of passes. The amount of through balls that we've scored from from passes that he's made. He's scored important goals mm. for us as well. Um, However, the one thing I don't want to see, I don't want to see a midfield with Hoiberg and skipping it we saw that at Fulham. My first reaction yeah. to seeing that team was, that looks stodgy. It reminds me of when um, Winks and Sissoko yeah. constantly yeah. picked in midfield yeah. as well. And you, you knew that you just weren't getting enough from it. So that, you, you mentioned the African Cup of Nations and potentially losing Basuma and Saar for a good few weeks. So, you know, La Celso's always only ever been hot and cold and said, Bentancur coming back from injury. So if we're looking slightly beyond the next transfer window, the prospects of a midfield lining up a skip and Heiberg
1: scare me a little bit yeah my own hoibo thing was more sort of a financial thing in the sense of his um contract length and it's just you know if you don't get rid of him now but yeah it's just yeah um and lo Celso, he might get his chance i'm not sure if he's the kind of man to step in if um madison gets an injury or you know as the creative one i maybe that's what or it might be i don't know it's hard to say we're at Ducky. any like Celso or whether um yeah
0: decky's is an option there. I mean, I, my main worry is if if Basuma gets injured and and what options oh. we've got at, at six. So I don't know whether you know I mean Hoybiers who has been second choice there through pre season. I don't know whether he tried Basuma there, but I think Basuma's probably better suited to the eight, you know, the defensive eight role, and and Saar comes yeah. out of the side. But um, yeah, that's that's my main worry in terms of depth. I think the others, you know, not exactly the same, but we've got options there. But yeah. I, but I do think Madison's going to pick up a knock because he gets targeted because he's he's so yeah. good, isn't he? And he winds people up.
1: I mean, the worry. This shouldn't be a worry, but the worry with Basuma is he's starting to look like a bit Dembele esque. Where you just think, oh, if he isn't going to play. He only play that role because he's just so physically strong and just holds things together and and directs play and spins both ways. And just, I mean, and and he, and he can get forward. It's not like he can't necessarily end up in the box sometimes. I mean, he's done a lovely. Um, mm. He had an amazing assist the other day, didn't he, for his national side? Did you see that?
0: Yeah, yeah, that no, was fantastic, so, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was.
1: He's, he's such a talent, such a well balanced player. So, But, you know, let's, yeah, that's a good problem, really. It's a good player. You just can't mind about having good players in your team, please.
0: Does the African Cup of Nations give you any concerns? So, Pesumer and Sar, you're talking about internationals there. Um, they're both, both their countries have qualified. Um so it's been played between January the thirteenth and February the eleventh. There's a midwinter break in the Premier League between the fourteenth and twentieth. So I think they're up to miss Brentford, Everton, and Brighton. I think Sonny's Sunny's up for missing the same games with the Asia Cup, which is around the same time. Um, I suppose it just puts pressure on us to try and bring in, you know, maybe move Hoybier on That's and bring someone else in in January, or I don't know, or, or maybe it's just you know Hoybier becomes cover for Basuma and uh, sorry for Kerr Benton-Kur until Bentancur's back back and then is. Cover for um, Sarr um, or or Basuma after that, and then he lo- moves next summer.
1: Yeah, I was saying that's to Gareth. It's a shame the African Nations isn't in November or December because he could then cover for that, and then we could still get rid of him in January. But um, uh, but I think I think having said that, I think I think we play United on January the thirteenth as well. I'm not sure with these tournaments whether these clubs. Do they want them yeah. there for sort of training camps. Normally, or?
0: normally they'd fly out after that, but it's between the clubs and the and the associations, isn't it? So I suppose it, it depends when
1: their when their first game is and all that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 how urgent it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're quite lucky. I pres- there's not many league games then, but I presume Gareth I know this is probably a. Uh, FA Cup fourth round in there somewhere, maybe? And
2: well, yeah, provided we get through the third round, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course we will. haven't got to worry about League Cup semi finals. No, no, Don't have to worry
0: true. about that. No, no. No, no, no. Right, should we have a look at our forwards? Yep. So we've got up front, we've got Sonny, Decky, Richarlison, Solomon, Brennan Johnson, Ivan Perisic, Brian Hill, Forgotten Man, and then Leo Valise. What do we think? Is that good? Any, any gaps? Any concerns? Gareth, you look quizzical.
2: Um, I think well, I feel like I'm jumping on the bandwagon a little bit here, but I I have I really have doubts about Richarlison. Just feel like it's a player. I've seen it happen so many times over the over the years. It feels like it's never actually going to work for him. Not so, say so he's a bad player or he's become a bad player overnight. Um, it's well. I- I think there's so much we don't know about Brennan Johnson yet. I mean, it feels like he's been brought to play on the right-hand side, but Mm -hmm. um, maybe he can play centrally as well. Um, I I mean, what I think is a good thing about forwards listed there and with the midfielders we've got is I don't think we're going to be reliant on any one player scoring all our goals for us this year.
1: Yeah, so it seems I mean, that way. Yeah,
2: as, has, as has been the case so far, I think goals will be passed around the side, passed around the team this year. So you probably can carry some of those players if they're not in good goal scoring form. Probably.
1: Yeah, i I think, I think there's, there's there's going to be different routes to go, I think. And I think um, with the players we've got, I mean, with the three that started, um, they all had a bit of a slow start, but at least in the last two weeks, they've all scored a goal. They've scored goals, haven't they? Like decky got one, Richie got one at Fulham, and then Sonny got his hat-trick. But I think they are with those players but, I mean, there are some options options and flexibility there now, I think. And that Solomon was quite an eye-opener when he played. He gave me almost... Gave, that kind of size of player gave me a little bit of Lennon vibe sometimes. He's quite good at just, mm-hmm. like, just powering past someone, like, on the outside. And before you know it, he's round you kind of thing. But um, And Johnson's probably going to bring that as well with pace. And I think... And then yeah, maybe that mixes up with the cuteness of decky And when Perisic plays, he's undoubtedly a good cross of the ball. I mean... Decky's a great crosser of ball with that kind of cut inside swing in that low flat one but we've not seen much of that recently he's um I mean he sometimes puts the low flat cross in and also puts the low flat in swing shot in doesn't he? it's almost like a combined thing but um yeah. hopefully he can he can bring that back out of his game again but um and I think you said in other weeks Milo some of those players might suit Richie better combinations might suit Richie better than um some of the others depending on how things yeah.
0: turn out I'm, I'm not too worried about Rich in goals. I mean, I'm sure he is, but I, I think it's you know with the system. As long as everyone else is getting goals, it doesn't really matter. And, and yeah. what he is good at is pressing and uh, and stretching a defence. I do want to. Bren, Brennan Johnson isn't. He's not a great dribbler, but he's quick and he's he, he's a kind of knock and run player. He's very good at you know, knocking a ball past player and get you know and getting past them. And he's good oh. at cutbacks into the box, which you know is a good fit for this system. Um, I'd be really interested to see what Brian, whether Brian Hill gets a chance. I mean, evidently we were willing to to sell him, but I would have said. Kind of on the uh, on the left hand side as so a wide forward who can beat a man, I think he'd be really useful. So it'll be interesting to see um, you know whether he gets a chance when he when he recovers.
1: Well, I think um, going back to my kind of Ange criteria thing, mm. I think he would tick a lot of Angie's box The only one he wouldn't tick, I think, is like physical wise. Yep. Stamina he'll tick all day long. The boy can just run all day long, and technical technical ability he'll tick. It's just the um, just the strength one really, because it seems quite evident from the signings we made that. Ange likes people that are going to bully people quite a lot you know either through just relentless physicalness or or just sheer strength and that and he'll hasn't necessarily got that but I think he ticks all the other bots. I mean, football intelligence, all the other players, all the other managers that have had him says that he just understands the game completely. He's yeah. like a real disciple of it. So but,
0: I but don't know. If it doesn't work out, we'll have no trouble selling him. He's still got plenty yeah. of time left on his contract. Yeah. So there's a lot of interest in him from Spain. He's done well when he's gone back there on loan, isn't he? So I'm sure you know, he's saleable. And then we've got Valise to come in the second half of the season if we don't loan him out. He's mm. um, Andrew's it you know, been pretty clear that he was, he, we're not going to see him for a while, but he's coming into acclimatise. So, yeah, it kind of feels to me that there's some good, some good, good depth there, and um, yeah, it feels all right to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, we only need X amount of depth anyway because of the kind of skinny schedule we've got. But um, yeah, I mean, some of these, especially age-wise, are just hopefully uh, we'll have more games on the calendar next year. You know what I mean? And it might eat. Well, I shouldn't really say this, but you never know. It might even be better if we were Europa League because you can then play them in games that. You know, Champions League, every game seems to be a big game kind of thing. But um, Champions League will bust for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, if it's top five, it probably is even more of a chance if Champions League gets top five, you know, top five get Champions League. So, yeah, I'm sure we're t- we might, we'll might we probably talk about that a little bit at the end, I think, what our
0: expectations are. But, How do yeah. we feel about the window overall now? Go on, right. Gareth.
2: <laughs> yeah, what do I think about it? Um, possibly you have to look about... What could have happened and, and, and hasn't happened when you when you evaluate that? So would everyone have been happier had we signed David Raya and had we signed Tap Sober instead? No. I, I I don't know is the answer. I'm just putting that out. There is a, a rhetorical question. Um yeah, you know, aside from Kane, all the players that we released were were pretty much sur- surplus to requirements at the at the club. So I think that's a I think that's a good thing. I'd, I'd rather have what we've got rather than have a bloated squad of players who we mm-hmm. knew weren't weren't quite good enough for us. Um, I think it's all quite situational. So it's situational in that we don't have midweek and we don't have European games to play so the squad will be much thinner and smaller than we've been used to for a long time Um, one of the objectives was clearly to get a younger and a fresher squad in there who were were more suitable to the new managers demands and it's definitely that I think also you've got the fact that I think notoriously trying to Transition a squad that was playing in a back three system to a back four mm-hmm. is difficult, in particularly in those defensive positions. So I think that take a few windows to get right. I mean, overall, I. Yeah, you know, I feel that the squad is perhaps on paper weaker than the squad that we had this time last year. Um, but I think it's a developing squad. So I, I say yeah. that because there's, I think there's quite a few caveats over a number of players um, around their potential. So, you know, with Vicario, Udogi, you know, Van der Ven, um, Saar, Kulusevski, Johnson, all developers, we hope they might, then... This window will prove to be a really, really good one, mm-hmm. but I think yeah. we, I think the caveat with that is everyone just has to be a little bit patient. I've, I think we've seen squad rebuilds in the past. I think the most obvious one was being Pochettino's first season, twenty fourteen, fifteen. Even if you look at you know when Martin Yole first came in, um, and, he, and he wanted a much younger side, it wasn't immediately obvious that we had a, a squad that was really going to take us on a on a really big trajectory, but. All the players did work out because there was a bit of patience with them and they all grew together. So that's my hope for this squad, that what looks like it's at the moment, probably a 7 out of 10 window. In 6 or 12 months' time, we might find it was a 9 out of 10 window. Great,
0: right you, Ricky. How yeah. do you feel?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, just to add to what I agree with most of what Gareth says, that we're well, all of what Gareth says, I'm not going to contest any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get in an argument, Gareth. <laughs> no, but I think as the first window goes, um, yeah, I think the other thing to say is I think it's by all reports, I think Ange, at bare minimum, got two players that he really, really wanted. Mm-hmm. In other words, he was, you know, adamant that you know Madison and Johnson was someone that was on his radar, and the players he'd put forward to the, you know, the scouts and the committee, and however that all runs in the background. But, um, uh, but apart from that, I mean, I suppose financially we've got, you know, we it's just that selling players thing is trouble, is is hard work, and those loans are going to yeah. loop back again next time round. But yeah. I suppose on the other from the other side of it, um, I mean, if selling Mason Mount can get Chelsea out of, um. Financial fair play trial. What well, I meant, selling inherit the two Harrys is certainly going to give us some headroom <laughs> in that department. Oh yeah, because <laughs> you know it's like a hundred and ten million or whatever. I mean, the other thing with the Harry money is a lot of it got paid up front, so that's going to help all the wheels. You know, the next window and whatever. So yeah, no, it's it's good. What well, would
0: your marks out of ten be? Uh, was it a, was it a seven, Gareth, or six? It's, it's a
1: yes. seven, yeah. Seven, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to top that by going seven and a half in wow. true um, round table fashion. <laughs> i think
0: <laughs> i think i'd agree with seven i think i think it's been a pretty good window i think um in terms of the squad i think it's a better fit for Ange than what he inherited and i think you know what we had a year ago and that's kind of more important to me than um yeah kind of comparisons kind of year on year i you know that obviously we're, we, yeah, we're rolling the dice in central defense and you know we won't know whether that's paid off until later um and yeah maybe you know suitable cover at number 6 is probably the other area where I'm a little concerned um but yeah I think I think it was a good window if we can get the loanies out permanently then I think we're in a really strong position because we've cleared the decks and we don't what I don't want us to do is to get to next summer and have to sell in order to buy because we're worried about the squad places and all the rest of it and yeah. I, I agree with the point Gareth made earlier on about this being a kind of recovery window where we're trying to make up yeah. for kind of previous windows and the, the squad bloat that we'd built up um, if we can clear that out and then we can just act decisively next summer and just bring in the players we want and fill those gaps and I think we'll, I think it will turn out to be to be really good if that that's how it ends up. Um, yeah. Are there any priority areas you you want to strengthen in January now? Um, I just well, I think it's the obvious
1: ones are uh, right centre back and left centre back, but or possibly the the ideal thing there was someone that can play both of those positions and it just be the one player. Um, and then maybe, like I said earlier, look at um, making pl- not necessarily in January, but maybe looking at plans for a left back in case Davis goes in the summer. Um, uh, but I don't know how many. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't, you've got a track to track a left-back that's going to be happy to play behind your doggy for like 10 years. So,
0: <laughs> Wouldn't be bad if we could sign a young keeper who was willing to you know, take. Yes, replace yes. Forster next summer, yeah. get them in January. They've got a half season to acclimatise and then become number two for yeah. next season. That would be perfect. Yes, Gareth, you want to shout. add to that?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I suppose in, in December or by January, we'll have a better idea on Bentancur's recovery, yeah. whether Lo has been able to string games together, and how much of January we expect to lose Basuma and Sarfor. I think that will have, that will dictate whether Skip or particularly Hoiberg are, go yeah. are going to go on and be replaced. Yeah.
0: So finally, so we've had a few games now, and obviously the window's closed. Does anyone want to change their expectations for the season, or was we to forecast a little while ago, or predictions a little while ago? Anyone change their mind or want to want to rejig those? You can't you can't retract uh, any claims <laughs> no. to winning the league cup if you put that in.
1: <laughs> these are just these are just footnotes, are right? they? Yeah. A simple, yeah. Um, <laughs> um,
2: what did I say at the start of the season? Go
0: well, on, now go. you're quizzing me. Let me just go back and, uh, and have a look. <laughs> you talk amongst yourselves while I go and. Yeah, get I, would, the I would have
2: said something between sixth and, and eighth. I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, I mean, if we continued our current points per game ratio, we'll end up with 95 points. Um, well, well, which will be the league Yeah, it yes. will be, we'll be, yeah, <laughs> certainly be putting pressure on Man City this year. Um, I mean, yeah, you, Milo will tell me in a minute what I predicted at the start of the year. I still think that. Um, you okay, you said we finished seventh. I said we finished seventh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, uh,
1: Conference League, here we
2: come. Yeah. <laughs> sixth, I think, at the moment. Still be where I, th- I, th- I think we are. Um I, th- I think it's been a fantastic start to the season. It's been a really exciting start to the season. Um, it feels a lot more sustainable than previous years when we've started well, but or got good results, but not played particularly well. So it feels like there's more to come from this team. Um, I, I just think naturally, because of the age of some of the players and the inexperience, it will plateau out at some point and we'll probably pick up again later on in the season. And I, and I think six is a good season for us. Mm. I think I'm the vibe. You said, we'll you said
0: sixth, you said sixth well. Ricky. Six, so six
1: plus. Five. You said you said seventh, Gareth. Uh, Ricky said sixth. I think I, I'm. i uh and I'm not usually one to get carried away or to get, you know, your pendulum doesn't swing too much, but I'm a bit more bullish. I think about it. I think this team is, and one reason I think it's like this, uh, this team is ripe for one game a week. I think, mm. I think the age group of them and the pent up to so just think, all oh, we've got is one game at the weekend. These, the the, the energy in the group is just going to be kind of off the charts, really. And to carry out Ange ball is just not going to be a problem for this group when you've only got one game a week. So I can't even see us really getting tired. Uh, I mean, I'll take, garrison inexperienced point i mean that usually all teams suffer from a little bit of that but sometimes you can suffer from that because of the relentless games just coming one after the other but if and if i get if our team's quite settled i think that i mean you know and that lends itself to one game a week it's easy to you know avoid you'd avoid more injuries than that but um i mean the other thing is um i just don't think you have to take into account our competitors and i think it's hard to call what chelsea and man united are Mm. God knows where they might head. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, our, well, Arsenal, Newcastle, Brighton and Villa have got the old Euro tour about to yeah. start. And we haven't got any of that. Um, I think... Um, City are obviously top four and I think Liverpool probably come good as well I think some of their signings have been quite good Diaz is back and I think Gatko is okay and just as they still you know so I think um, and they've signed that centre for I think they'll be all right Liverpool they kind of Klopp will get them kind of playing okay so yeah I think we could there's a chance for us there I think I think it's definitely a chance for us
0: yeah no I'd agree with that I think you know quite often you know to finish top, top four or you know to, top five you need other teams to fuck up and there's certainly some early contenders for who might do that, and um, you yeah, know, I'd say oh, not really the circumstances you want to profit off things, but Man United looks a real mess at the moment, <laughs> and you know, just you know, on field and off, and um, mm. you know, that kind of thing, I, I think is is going to cause them, you know, cause them problems, and you know, it, it should as well because they're behaving despicably. So, yeah, yeah I, th- I think I um, think I think you can see other clubs who might underperform which would give us that opening if we could continue this this form but you know as you say Gareth you know it's it's a young team a new coach um there's going to be ups and downs along the way and um but yeah. I, mean, I also I also think Angie is going to is really good at kind of deflecting the pressure and taking yeah. ownership of stuff, and I think that would help that team. And whilst it's a young team overall, if you look at the midfield, actually it's quite experienced. That midfield, apart from apart from SAR, it's quite an experienced midfield. So I think that 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 might mitigate against some of those risks.
1: I mean, it has been it has been a relatively short period of time, but the one thing I've it's definitely instilled in me is I'm, I'm confident that. It's gonna work out in one way or the other. And what I mean by that is you could have a new you could lose your, you know, world class striker and you could get a, a new coach in um that's never coached in one of the top leagues and an outsider might say that's a quite straight linear line to something going completely wrong, isn't it? But I haven't got that but inside the bubble, like us lot, I haven't got that vibe at all. I think even if even if we had some hiccups that didn't go well, I don't think I could never see us outside the top 10 this year. Like, you know, because no, Chelsea be or some... No, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have that feel, does it, at all? I think there's too... No. It feels too kind of secure or Ange will hold things together because he looks like he's capable of doing that without completely having a meltdown or losing the plot. Yeah. But, um, you know, when teams like Chelsea are quite capable of dropping out to God knows where if, you know, and they've done that before. But I think at least with this manager, it's it's,
0: you know, it feels like, you know... And, you know, our criteria, if we think back to when Conte was sacked or, you know, at the end of our season, all we wanted was to be able to enjoy our football again yeah. and be proud of our team. Well, yeah. I've got no doubt that that's going to be what's yeah. going to be delivered this season. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And exactly. we're going to be one of the most entertaining teams in the league. And, you know, from the first window, I think you know, it's, a really, it's really exciting, you know, with Madison coming in and, and Van der Ven coming in, we've addressed, you know, massive gaps, or as I say, and Vicario as well, we've we've, had to, uh, we've addressed gaps we've had for ages. And, and suddenly, you know, as we said earlier on, those players that we signed a year ago or two years ago mm. look look great now. And, um, you know, kind of that decision to loan out your Doggy for a year looks looks inspired right now. And yeah, I I'm really excited about this season. So maybe where we finish is secondary to that, but... I really want top four. I really want I really want I'm, I'm excited I'm, seasons, I'm on yeah. I'm on the hype train I'm on the hype train I'm really looking forward to this <laughs>
2: Shall I say oh. this or not um, So Milo you're, you're a in previous years and you've always sort of poo-pooed this I've come up with this statistic that every team that finishes in the top four at some point in the season must win four successive Premier League games That's oh. just, <laughs> You called it an anomaly but it's statistically <laughs> it's been the case for about the last 15 years so if and I say that with a capital Y and a capital F if we beat Sheffield cheffield united at home which we will next saturday that will be four successive league oh we're done united, we're home and dry for burnley and, and <laughs> Sheffield united so we've, <laughs> we've we've hit that criteria that's needed that prerequisite to finish top four by the middle of september perfect
0: Perfect. well what, what a note to finish on so yes. <laughs> thanks lads thanks guys that was fun We'll be next back next week to chat about our second home game of the season, which which Gareth just suitably previewed against Sheffield United.
1: Our victory, that is.
0: Our victory, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, as always, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.